0: Welcome to Quick Brain. Bite-sized brain hacks for busy people who want to learn faster and achieve more. I'm your coach, Jim Quick. Free your mind. Let's imagine if we could access 100% of our brain's capacity.
1: I wasn't high, wasn't wired, just clear. I knew what I needed to do and how to
0: do it. I know kung fu. Show me. How do you form new habits quickly? Think of a new habit that you'd like to adopt but have been unsuccessful to this point. Maybe it's to work out, maybe it's to meditate, maybe it's to read 20 minutes a day or write in a journal, or maybe it's to complete one of our quick learning courses or listen each week to the Quick Brain Podcast. You know it's good for you, you want it, you need it. Um, Now I know there's a distinction between wanting and needing, Mm -hmm. um, but for some reason you can't get yourself to be consistent. Now, your success is tied to a large part to your ability to create new behaviors, new routines. As you've heard before, first you create your habits, then your habits create you. So, to help Quick Brains do this fast, I'm sitting here with the world's leading expert on behavioral change and habits, Stanford behavioral scientist Dr. B. J. Fogg. Thanks for joining us.
1: Thanks for uh, thanks for having me. I'm I'm really. Uh- Excited to talk with you.
0: No, this is, I've been looking forward to this, BJ. Our, our listeners and our students, they want to make a behavioral change. Yeah. Um, so how does behavioral change, like habit design, formation, how does that work and, and where do they start? I mean, is it just, you know, most people, they don't have a default. It's like they just have to try harder. Yeah. They have to use willpower. Yeah, which, as you know, that's the wrong approach. Right. I and mean, if you're
1: relying primarily on willpower to create a habit, you're actually approaching it wrong, mm. at least for most types of habits. And the way I see it, the starting point is to pick a new behavior that you actually want to have in your life. Too often people pick something that feels like a should or something that they feel guilty about that they don't really want to bring into their life. And they think that through some magical way they're going to be able to get themselves to do something they don't want to do. So step one is really like, you know, match yourself with something that you want to do. And a want is different than a need then. In t- to some regard i mean we all have needs that we may not really want to do mm-hmm. whereas a want is that at least some part of you yeah we have conflicting wants and things that oh, but you know if it's you know reading more or meditating more or spending more time with your kids yeah you know um but again the mistake is for people and often this happens on you know um even in the new year is they pick something that they think they should be doing and mm-hmm. they work on it and doesn't work and they get discouraged so starting point pick something you
0: already want to do okay so let's say somebody wants to just they want to read yeah. 15 20 minutes a day yeah. because something positive something empowering for them because they want to read more maybe yeah. they want that i know that's a big goal for a lot of our quick brains so yeah. what would uh, step well, two be so Uh, I've created a model called the Fog Behavior Model
1: Um, and just using that model it will help us understand how to create habits and the model essentially says behavior happens when you know behavior can be a habit or it can be a one-time behavior when there's motivation to do the behavior there's ability it can't be impossible Mm -hmm. and there's a trigger so that's called like the BMAT model and so the behavior needs to be specific Mm -hmm. so read more it's more of an aspiration than an actual behavior. So think, what is it exactly? What's the precise behavior? Is it 15 minutes a day? Great, well, I can even get more precise. Is it 15 minutes a day reading this particular book? Hmm. Great, that's even better. And you might even go as far as to say, it's 15 minutes a day reading this book at this time in this particular chair. There seems to be something powerful about getting very specific. Specificity, in some cases, can change behavior. Mm. So that's you know getting clear in your mind, what is the specific behavior? Then after that, um, there's the issue around motivation. and That's why I said earlier, pick something you already want to do, because mm. then you don't have to find some strange way to motivate yourself and, and so on. Uh, so hopefully that's built into the actual behavior itself right there.
0: Now is there other ways, let's say that people, let's go to the example of, of reading, is there, are there ways of increasing that inherent motivation somebody has? Well, you might, uh, yeah, pick, <laughs> pick a topic you want to read about, right? right? So, But let's
1: say it's like, um, let's say it's school, and you're in a class, you don't like the, the content, there's a quiz coming or whatever, and you're reading content you don't like. No, there's no magical way to make that a habit. Uh, it's very hard to create habits around something that you don't want to do or something that's painful or distasteful in some way. Mm-hmm. You might be able to make it a routine, but uh, I don't think that ever becomes a true habit. In other words, habit, it's, it's kind of a messy word, actually. Um, but I think when we talk about habit, and the way I conceptualize it, it's how automatic is the behavior. It's the level of automaticity. So how, you know, so many of us, we, you know, if you drive to work, you probably drive to work in the same way every day you don't think about it. It's quite automatic. Deciding on where to go on a family vacation, that's not automatic. You're on the opposite side of the spectrum and you're making a decision. So um, what I'm saying here is if, if you are like forcing yourself to read material you don't like, you may find ways of getting yourself to do it reliably, but it's unlikely that that is going to become an automatic behavior.
0: Right. Because the motivation... Uh, we talk about, in, for memory training, we talk about information combined with emotion becomes mm-hmm. more of a long-term memory. And so that motivation is is charged with emotion, yeah. right? Because one of the challenges what we overcome in traditional education is this rote memory where people have to repeat something to themselves over and over mm-hmm. again, frequency, or they have to study longer for duration. But if you have enough intensity, then you could yeah. shortcut that. Yeah. Because I think there's a there's a... A myth. And correct me if I'm wrong. People always hear about the law of 21, and yeah. that something has to take 21 or 66 yeah. days or 30 days. I mean, is that true?
1: Not, yeah, well, yeah, I do think it's a myth, and it's not a helpful way to think about habits because it implies that on day 20 this was not a habit, and suddenly on day 21 it was. Mm-hmm. It's a matter of degree, you know, how uh, the level of automaticity, and that's a continuous variable. You mm-hmm. know, it's not like you know, they, they, there's not this threshold where it suddenly becomes a habit. Now, one of the things, uh, this is in the tiny habits method uh, that I teach, uh, and my sister trains coaches in, is there's a way to hack that automaticity. And that's to fire off a positive emotion inside yourself as you do the behavior or immediately after. So you're not waiting for like, you know, eating the candy to make you happy, and that becomes, you have a way, and this is a skill you can develop, to make yourself feel this positive emotion on demand, Mm -hmm. and that's a way to make the behavior become automatic quite quickly, much faster than
0: 21 days. Right. Because again, it's the, instead of the challenge with frequency or durations, it takes time. But if you yeah. add intensity to it, a level of emotion, yeah. it becomes more more permanent. Exactly. And the more intense the emotion, the faster the
1: habit forms. So again, not everybody can do this out of the gate. And so, in the Tiny Habits method, we call it celebration. Mm-hmm. That may not be the perfect word, but that's what we call it. And it's it's this this thing that you do whether it's internal or physical or a, a song you think in your head where you're saying good for me good job or whatever it is that fires and it's different for different people the better you are at firing off that uh positive emotion in connection mm-hmm. with that new behavior the faster it becomes automatic in other words you can kind of get superpowers mm-hmm. in creating new habits if you're good at uh, firing off that
0: positive emotion. I love love that so much. So you have the, you have the specific behavior, you have the motivation. And then, so what, what is A? A is ability. It's like how hard or
1: easy is it to do? Mm -hmm. And um, the easier the behavior is, the more likely you are to do it in the face of motivation going up and down. So it's just, human nature. It's natural that our motivation goes up and down over time. It shifts during the day, it shifts during the week, and even though you really may want to read this content, at times a competing motivation will come up Mm -hmm. in that moment that may swamp out the the earlier motivation. So if you make the behavior really simple, then it doesn't require a lot of motivation to do. Now, if the behavior is hard, then it does and so let's say meditating 30 minutes a day that that is a hard behavior Mm -hmm. not only is it 30 minutes but also meditation tends to be you know for a lot of people yeah it's not like watching TV right so it's possible to get yourself to do that every day the motivation is going to be very uh, the performance of the behavior is going to be dependent on your ability to keep motivation high Mm -hmm. and that's quite hard to do so the easier you can make the behavior, the better. So you might say, okay, what's the shortest period of reading? That would really work for me is okay. that, you know, in the tiny habits method, you scale it way, way, way back, which like, is, like read one sentence. Yeah. Or even open the book. Right. Right. Okay. But which may not be what, uh, the listeners are looking for, but you know, if you take it to this extreme, it's just like all you do is the smallest behavior and then you grow the habit over time. And I like that. I mean, the example that I've heard you use is like
0: uh, flossing your teeth. Yeah.
1: Right? Yeah, you know, and the thing is you already know how to floss all your teeth. So flossing all your teeth is not the problem. What you don't have yet is doing it automatically. So you take the behavior scale way back so the motivation doesn't matter so much and then you work on the automaticity. In Mm -hmm. other words, how do you wire it into your brain to remember to do it and that happens through the celebration piece
0: right and then so in just with the tiny habits it'd be starting with just one tooth yeah or yeah. opening the book something yeah. that's very small that they could uh develop some kind of yeah. momentum and consistency yeah. and what happens
1: over time is uh, behaviors will naturally grow mm-hmm. and there's two reasons for that the more you do a behavior the easier it gets mm-hmm. uh for a variety of reasons in flossing you know you get uh, you get better at wrapping the floss around your fingers, your fingers toughen up, your gums toughen up, and so on. that just gets easier over time. And you also, let's say something like reading, you start learning to carve out a space in your day for that, and you can expand that more and more. Hmm. Now, not every habit has to start out tiny. However, that is a very reliable method for doing it. You, know, you, you can work on habits that are that are bigger than right. the, the tiny habit method implies. But that would mean to make sure so making it easier to do would be make sure that you have in your schedule you've blocked out whatever that time is. Yeah. Make sure the resource is there for you. The book is right there. So you don't have to go finding the book. Make sure you know exactly where you're going to start. So think through all the the what I call simplicity factors. You know um, things can be difficult if you don't have the time. So make sure you have the time. They can be difficult if you don't have the money. In this case money doesn't apply really to reading I guess. Uh, how much you have to think about something, mm-hmm. like, w- what am I reading, where do I start, to so have that ready to go, um, as as well as how much effort it takes. So you don't want the book to be, you know, in the attic, and you want to read in your office basement. So just try to make it as simple as you can. Because you're setting up the environment. Yes, exactly. So it's conducive. Yeah. So, exactly. So at the beginning of the effort, it's like, okay, you, you put some uh, some time and energy into setting up the environment, and if what you do at the beginning doesn't work, change it. You know, then redesign the environment. A huge part, uh, I don't know what percent exactly, but often we can change our, our behavior simply by redesigning our environment. Mm-hmm. And I think the right way to think about it is, and if it doesn't work, redesign it again. Just like in this room, that chair over in the corner, mm-hmm. if it's not working there, great, let's just, Put it in a new place and try it again. And important, don't get down on yourself that we didn't put the chair in the right place. Mm. It's just a natural. So if you think about habit formation as a design process and not a willpower process, then you're exactly on the right road.
0: I like that so much. And then so the, finally the T then in your in your BMAT. Yeah, so that is trigger, and by that what I mean is the prompt
1: or the cue. What's gonna remind you to do the behavior? Now there are three sources of where triggers can come from. They can come from our environment, like a post-it note or alarm or somebody reminding you. Um, They can come from internal, where you just suddenly remember. Now that one's not a great one, right? Mm -hmm. Because don't just, but so many innovators think, oh, they're just gonna remember to go to my website, and it doesn't work well. The third uh, source of trigger is to have an action or routine you already do be the reminder. Mm-hmm. And that's what the tiny habits method does. Yeah, you, you can do the first method, like, oh, here's a post-it, here's, here's a, an alarm, or, but I don't think it scales very well. So okay. if you're trying to create a lot of habits at once, which you can do, I don't buy at all the one habit at a time idea. Okay. You know, post-its everywhere alarm's going, it doesn't scale well. Right. But it is a way that you can remind yourself. In the tiny habits method, the hack is, and I think this is uh, a great method. Uh, for your listeners is, where does this new behavior, reading, fit naturally in my day? What does it come naturally after? Mm -hmm. And get very clear in your mind, as soon as I sit down on the train on my commute, that's when I open my book. That's a trigger. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the sitting down then becomes the trigger, the reminder, the cue to open the book and
0: start reading. Or if it's somebody who's uh, journaling, for example. That they, they're in, uh, in bed. They lie down in bed and they just journal their thoughts before they go to bed yeah, and that could be the trigger.
1: Exactly. So again, it's a design process. It's like, okay, here's this new behavior I want, journaling. How do you design it into your existing routine so it fits naturally? Mm-hmm. And get really clear. I mean, don't leave it to chance. And, and if you try a spot and it doesn't work, like when you get to bed, that's okay. Don't get down on yourself. Look for a different spot. And that's that we'll...
0: important also because even when people procrastinate, sometimes they put things off and they have this guilt trip and they beat themselves no, up. No, no, not it doesn't helpful. help. No, 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 not helpful. You know, when we
1: coach people and train coaches in tiny habits, you acknowledge and you feel good about when it worked well mm-hmm. and when it doesn't, you don't get down on yourself just like the chair being in the wrong spot. Right. It's
0: just like, oh, let's redesign and this other and side. that's a perfect way to also conclude this because you know it's not going to be perfect the yeah. first time out no. and that we're human and i think that when the research i've done on self compassion and you know kind being kind mm-hmm. to yourself is much better in terms of it's more reinforcing to be able to uh, to complete doing the things that you yeah. need to do as opposed to beating yourself up Absolutely. and just saying hey I'm only human and that this happens but I'm looking for progress and not and not perfection so just to repeat then um, you start with a specific behavior mm-hmm. you have to hopefully want to do. that you want to do because <laughs> you're motivated yeah and then the A stands for make it really easy ability so right. make it really easy to do
1: and that could be in, ter- in terms of physical effort cognitive effort Uh, how much time, and so on. Fantastic. And finally, the T is the trigger that sets all of that emotion. Yeah, and the hack there is to have an existing routine in your life be the trigger to do the new behavior.
0: That's wonderful. Dr. Fogg, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. On Quick Brain. Okay, here's what you could do right now. I want you to go in our private Facebook group and check out the show notes of this episode. Not only are we going to add the highlights there, but I'm also going to include a graphic of the BMAD. And so it'll make the process absolutely crystal clear. The other thing is I read recently in a Duke University study saying, your daily habits comprise of 40% of your behaviors. 40% of your daily behaviors are from habits, so it's so important. So what I want you to do, so the whole community can get behind you on this, is I want you to share the new habit you'd like to adopt. I'd like you to share it on social media so we could cheer you on. Tag Dr. Fogg, tag me at Jim Quick, hashtag QuickBrain. Also, let me know what you thought of this episode and any other questions you have. I suspect that a lot of people want more of Dr. Fogg. So if you'd like me to bring him back, let me know and we can bring him back to discuss the opposite of adding new habits, which is breaking your old limiting habits. Want to double your brain speed and memory power?